Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the virtual newsroom in Levittown, this is The Pod Squad. I'm J.D. Mullane, columnist for the Bucks County Courier Times. And I'm Phil John Ficaro, columnist for the Intelligencer. Our headline today, Making History in Monco. Kathy Barnett is running for a congressional seat in the 4th District, which covers most of Montgomery County in Pennsylvania. She is a wife, mother, U.S. Army veteran, and has worked as a financial analyst for Bank of America, among other big names. Like conservative journalists, she's a rarity, a black Trump supporter. She is our guest today. Kathy, welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Great to have you, Kathy. Kathy, the first question I have is, you know, we're in the era of of Black Lives Matter, you know, wokeness and, and heightened racial sensitivity, yet your campaign for Congress has been ignored by the Philadelphia media. Uh, at least so far. Uh, why is that? And what have they told you? Yeah, you know what? Um, your guess will be as good as my guess at, at guess at this point. I can only assume is because I'm not the right type of black person. Um, I don't fit their narrative that black people are oppressed and that black people need white progressive liberals primarily to come in and save us. Instead, I appreciate uh, this country. Um, I, in fact, I love my country and I want to see everyone do well. That's not the narrative that is generally portrayed of black people in this country. So again, your guess is as good as mine, but nonetheless, uh, we are doing this thing. We are running and we have made a very viable campaign over here on this side. Well, we're not ignoring you. What's your pitch to uh, fourth district voters? We can do better, quite frankly. We can do better, and it starts with this seat. Uh, This is our opportunity to get someone in office who will actually listen to you, who love this nation. I love this country, and I want to see everyone do well. It is just that simple, and it will be the lens through which I look at every single uh, policy or issue that comes my way. Uh, It is time that we get people in office who who know the difference between right and wrong and who have the political courage to stand up and say so. Kathy. Your Democratic opponent, Madeline Dean, who is the uh, incumbent, has been maintaining uh, radio silence on the campaign trail while you're out there door knocking. Why do you think that is? We've got the same phenomena going on in here in Bucks County in the first district, by the way, with the Democrat. Why do you think that they're so silent? Yeah, uh, you know what? Um, again, your guess is as good as mine. I can only assume that they're taking a page out of Joe Biden, their leader's playbook of just hiding in their bunker until it's absolutely necessary for them to come out. But it's not just here in um, in our district, but I see it up in Lisa Schiller's di- district, uh, John Emmons, who's running over in Chester County, um, as well as Dasha Pruitt over in um, uh, Delaware County. And you just confirmed also in Bucks County. Uh, I think they're just, I think that's their playbook is just 
to take a is just to hide. I mean, and I would too if you're running on some of the the Marxist ridiculous uh, policies that they are purporting and pushing onto America, I would want to hide too. I would not want to come out and have to actually answer people's question. Unfortunately for my opponent, unlike some of uh, my other colleagues, candidates who are running uh, for Congress, uh, we have made it very uncomfortable for my opponent. She can no longer hide. And as a result, she has agreed to, to three different they call them forums because if you call it a debate, you can get COVID apparently. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So they're calling it a forum and she has agreed to three different forums. Uh, and that is a testament to what we've done in this campaign. Uh, we are closing out this quarter, which ended yesterday. We don't have a final total, but we're well over $500,000 in this one quarter. Uh, and my average donation is $58. So that's an army of people that are shouting they want change. And that is something that is formidable. And she can no longer remain hidden in her bunker. Kathy, what are some of the issues specifically with which you... Uh you oppose uh, Representative Dean? All of them. But let's just start with um, law and order. I can actually utter the word law and order. Um, I believe this is the greatest nation that has ever existed. And it is the greatest nation that has ever existed because it's founded upon the greatest political document ever written, the U.S. Constitution. And the U.S. Constitution is nothing more than a set of law and order. And we have, um, we're, we're living in the midst of a nightmare where we have these feckless and weak politicians, primarily on the left, that are fanning the flames of just sheer recklessness, turning law and order up on its ear. And this country does not exist apart from law and order. There is a right way of doing things and there is a wrong way of doing things. And right now, I believe they have weaponized the chaos and the real issues of our nation and they're trying to use it for their benefit. Another thing we disagree on significantly would be China. Uh, she received um, a little bit over $20 million from a former member of the Chinese Nationalist Party in Taiwan. Um, only or her family business did only for the family business to go out of business a couple of months later. Um, do you really think someone like that is going to hold China uh, accountable? She also benefited. The majority of her wealth comes from uh, cheap labor um, that the Philadelphia Inquirer exposed about her family business uh, when they were over in China and have and paying people a dollar forty nine to two dollars and twenty cents. We have some real issues with China. We need to hold China accountable for the over two hundred thousand American lives that have been lost which no one seems to really want to talk about. If you didn't know any better, you would think it was Donald Trump who cooked up COVID and released it on, on, on the American people. So those are just two of the things. There are many others, but those are some, of, but those are two very primary one. And also um, obviously jobs, getting jobs uh, up and running in this nation first and foremost, but also incentivizing corporations to bring their jobs back to this country. Kathy, uh, you mentioned China and uh, the Dean family and their business relationship there, um, and you're obviously opposed to that, but how do you square that with the Trump family and Ivanka Trump's relationship uh, with, uh, as it pertains to business in China? How do you square that? I, I don't know what you're talking about. But well, you can, if, 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 
Ivanka has business dealings in China where she's made money there as well. Most com uh, most companies in America have uh, business dealings with China. Uh, China has become the new manufacturing floor for the world. Uh, we have moved so much of our resources into China. So that's not a news flash. What would be a news flash is if you tell me something about um, sweatshops uh, or taking money under the table. And now you have the Taiwan version of the FBI investigating the very people that gave my opponent's family business money. Now that would be a news flash. Uh, so if you have that, I would love to to know that. But other than that, what uh, what it sounds like Ivanka Trump is doing is what the majority of businesses are doing as far as using China uh, to produce their, their goods. Right. But my point is, you're taking the Dean, Mrs. Dean to task, yet not the Trump family, which is no, also benefiting from true. China. So you, you, are, you are taking the Trumps to task? No, what, what I'm taking to task is the hypocrisy and criminality. You cannot have Miss Dean, my opponent, for example, Representative Dean, talking about um, uh, you know higher wages, livable wages, only to find out, and this is not me making it up, this is the Philadelphia Inquirer. I'm simply uh, reading a newspaper article and some of the other things that I found. So from the Philadelphia Inquirer, Inquirer which certainly doesn't lean right, uh, putting out a report that her family business uh, participated in uh, sweatshops in China where people were being paid $1.49 to $2.20. Now, that's one thing, but then to come over here as an American politician and start talking about uh, fair and livable wages, that's hypocrisy. And so that needs to be made aware of. That is what I'm taking to task. I am not taking to task people finding a way to reduce the cost of their product. Um, you know, along as, as well as some other little things that that certainly needs to be taken into account. I'm not I'm not taking to task the concept of capitalism. Um, I like capitalism, <laughs> so I'm not taking that to task. I'm taking to task hypocrisy and lies, manipulations and divisions. I think we could do better. I know we can do better. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think the Communist Party in uh, in China loves Donald Trump, given uh, his positions. Uh, on trade, but let me ask you, Kathy, uh, on another issue. There's so much talk about uh, wokeness, this idea of woke, being woke, wokeness, but almost exclusively uh, it comes from the left. Tell me how you got woke to Donald Trump. You know, I mean, it's, it, and it's not Donald Trump, it's good policies. Uh, like most black people, I was born into the Democrat party just like I was born into brown skin. And um, and so I, you know, I thought I was being, I mean, I read about the various candidates. I did my homework. I was so excited to vote when I turned 18 um, and I did all my homework, but you just don't know what's going on in your subliminal mind. Um, and so I would walk into the booth and I would vote Democrat, Democrat, Democrat. And so it wasn't until I decided in my junior year of college that I wanted to get involved in politics and of course, I went to the first Democrat office I saw, uh, sat down, said I wanted to get involved. He started talking to me. And for the first time in my life, I had the thought, do you even know what this man really believes? Do you even know if what he believes is what you believe? And that's a very legitimate question that I had never really considered before. Um, I'm black. I vote Democrat, right? And you don't really know why. 
it's just what you do. Um, but that was a seed that was planted. Um, it would be many years later before I actually start voting more so Republican than our conservative versus Democrat. But it was a journey of just um, understanding that I need to look beyond the hashtags. I need to lift up the hood, um, understand what people are saying. And that started the process of me actually learning about policies and understanding exactly how they impact specifically the black community. You're not a supporter of Black Lives Matter. Why is that? I am a supporter of, I mean, I'm black. <laughs> so Black Lives Matter to me. I'm black, I'm married to a black man, raising black babies. Black lives have been mattering to me since the day I was born. <laughs> so I'm a huge proponent of black folks. <laughs> um, I do not support Black Lives Matter Global Network Incorporated. Uh, they have spent the last couple of weeks scrubbing their website on what they believe. And I, I believe that, that they have- Up until a couple, we were talking about that. They yeah, right. Uh, but but they made it very clear what it is Amazing. that they believe, um, you know, and one of the things I mean, there are many things I take issue with. But one is this concept of dismantling the Western normative uh, nuclear family and opting instead for the village. I grew up in a single parent household and I know for a fact that what my husband and I are now offering my children is far superior than what my mother was able to offer me. My mother did the best she could, but the village does not protect and the village does not provide in the manner in which my husband and I are providing. And so I, you know, I mean, you know, it's one thing for people to talk about all of these issues, right? We have so many issues, so many issues in our nation. And it's very interesting when you've lived through racism and you've lived through disparities and feeling marginalized, and what it is that you took to actually come out of that is really interesting. When you listen to these politicians today and various others, they talk about it in theory. <laughs> they're talking about it as if they're placing it in a Petri dish and now they're just standing around looking and analyzing it. I've actually lived through a lot of these uh, topics that we're discussing in our culture. And, um, and, and there's been a great disservice conversation that is being had. And my only hope is to be able to come in and to elevate the conversation because there are truly marginalized people in this nation. How would you elevate that conversation when it comes to white progressives? I mean, uh, you've encountered on the campaign trail white progressives uh, in Abington and Glenside um, who actually lectured you about racism uh, because you're a Republican. Uh, because you're conservative, because you support uh, Donald Trump. Um, I mean, what? Uh, why do you feel they, they, why do they feel they can lecture a black person on racism when they live in <laughs> these little bubbles, than, you know, some places in the South, in segregated places in the South? I know, right? I mean, most of the overwhelmingly people in this district uh, live in these little bubble wrap communities. Uh, they're very beautiful. They're very manicured. They're very safe. Sure. Um, we have some of the best uh, men and women in blue. It's just been really amazing to travel throughout this district and to meet so many truly wonderful people. But, you know, I mean, it, it just depends, right? Um, when I came into this, I thought all Democrats were alike. 
And if you weren't, then it was your job to justify and qualify, not mine, to try to make distinctions among you, right? Over the course of many months now and going out and talking to people and really listening, um, I realized I was wrong. Uh, it is much, the Democrat Party is much more nuanced than, than I initially gave it credit for. And so when I approach different people, because we have been out on the ground knocking, because I believe this is one of the most consequential elections ever in my lifetime, and that, P and that my opponent and I are so far apart on how we see the world and specifically this nation that people need to know that they have a better option mm -hmm. than she. And so um, I go into the neighborhood, I'm talking to people and there are some white <laughs> uh, Democrats that run out with great gusto with their talking points in hand and they've been practicing and rehearsing them with their neighbors and they're ready to put it out on me. And um, and sometimes I chuckle because, you know, I it's, it's comical at times. Uh, but then, you know, in the midst of the conversation, I may pause them and say, take a breath and remember, you're mm -hmm. talking to a black person. <laughs> and then we begin to have a conversation, right? So those who allow for a conversation, it has been so fruitful. I have learned some things. I think I've been able to impart some, some wisdom and insight that maybe they didn't have. Um, uh, some of them I've converted to be on my team. They're not voting for Trump, I'm sure, but they're voting for me. <laughs> and um, and it's just been really wonderful and really fruitful conversations. And I appreciate those times. But you were on the, the canvassing trail with me not too long ago. And yeah. you were shocked uh, as we were approaching this particular home because in America today, we don't have fruitful conversations any longer. Uh, no one really wants to talk about real issues, but we want to talk. And so how do we talk? Well, we go pick up signs and T-shirts and hats in order to and we, and we put something provocative on it. And then that becomes us communicating to the world who we are. And one of the things you realize very quickly when you're out canvassing is just paying attention to what people are saying about themselves. And so you and I were approaching a home and this particular homeowner had he had all his bases covered, right? He, I mean, everything, every virtue, every virtue signal, he was putting it out there. He had the Black Lives Matter sign prominently up in front. To the left of it, he had the hate has no home sign. And then in the back, it was the gay pride flag waving proudly, right? Showing us that he's tolerant. The, the hate has no sign here showing us he loves everyone. And then the Black Lives Matter showing us I'm woke. And so as we were approaching it, if you remember, J.D., I told you now this person here, the odds are they're not going to want to talk to me. And so my campaign manager knocks on the door and immediately the guy doesn't want to have anything to do with me. He was he very agitated. He was, was very. I hadn't yeah. even said anything. And we were and, and weren't we nice? Like we weren't mean yeah. or anything. He just knocked on the door and said, hi, would you like right. to speak with the candidate who's running? He looked at me and said. Uh, no. And he was very agitated. And then he tells my, my campaign manager, don't put her talking about me, a black woman in between him and his sign. And I'm thinking to myself, but I represent your sign. Your sign is talking about me, black people. Yeah. But as we open it's up, like as we say, I'm just not the right black person, I guess. I don't right. know. Yeah, was, he, he took it as a plot of some sort that, you know, you're running for Congress and you know, shaking his worldview up.
Kathy, um, yes, you know, Bill. Representative Dean is a native of Montgomery County. Um, she's very popular. Uh, back in 2018, you know, she got 64% of the vote against uh, Dan David. Why do you think you can do what Dan David couldn't? Because I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it and doing it with a smile and in space. Um, yes, in 2018, uh, we were dealing with what? We were dealing with a Me Too movement, all about the woman. <laughs> um, and Dean Wolf rode the wave uh, into Congress on the Me Too movement. Uh, this year, having a really big issue with the Me Too movement because of Joe Biden sniffing, creepy, touching Joe Biden. I mean, like you don't get the number one Google search. Um, what is it? Um, creepy Joe Biden for nothing. <laughs> and now that he's has a number of accusations of women, Tara Reid being one of them coming out saying he assaulted me sexually. And now all of a sudden, Democrats like my opponent want to wait until all the facts come out, right? When that wasn't afforded uh, to, to um, Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, just believe the woman. Now all of a sudden, no, let's not believe the woman, let's wait and see until all the facts come out. And so, um, you know, this year she thought she was going to ride the wave on Black Lives Matter, but no, that's not going to happen. And so, um, and, and you know, and but even more than that, right, even more than that, uh, I often say Democrats are doing more than half of my job in campaigning. If my job as a candidate is to help people clearly see the distinctions between myself and my opponent, the Democrat platform is doing a really good job in doing that. And the Democrats here in Montgomery County, primarily Montgomery County, but all of District 4, uh, they are not Marxists. They're Democrats, but they're not Marxists. And we have passed, we have quickly passed, blown through socialism. And we're now in, um, in a sphere of politics that feels very much like Marxists. Uh, feels very much like communism. And that is not uh, the Democrats here in this district, as proven by the number of Democrats that have either changed their registration from Democrat to Republican or the number of Democrats that are now working on my team. Kathy, you know, there's not going to be any defunding the police tolerated uh, among Democrats in Montgomery County. I'm pretty sure of that. So it's um, it's all the time we have for today. I want to thank you for coming on and uh, taking our questions. Um, and for those listening or those watching this live stream, you can get our podcasts wherever your favorites are. Uh, read our columns and our award-winning local content online. Just 99 cents for the first month. So stick a crowbar in that wallet. <laughs> so I'm JD. And I'm Phil. For all of us here at the paper, thanks for listening especially thanks for reading. Thank you, guys. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula.
Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.